You're listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached during the online worship service of Central United Methodist Church. We are located in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to join us for our live worship experience through Facebook or Zoom every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Visit www.cumcballston.org for details. There you can also learn more about our congregation where we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. Today's scripture is taken from Exodus 7, verses 8 through 23 the New Revised Standard Version. Aaron's Miraculous Rod. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, When Pharaoh says to you, Perform a wonder, then you shall say to Aaron, Take your staff and throw it down before Pharaoh, and it will become a snake. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did as the Lord had commanded. Aaron threw down his staff before Pharaoh and his officials, and it became a snake. Then Pharaoh summoned the wise men and the sorcerers, and they also, the magicians of Egypt, did the same by their secret arts. Each one threw down his staff, and they became snakes. But Aaron's staff swallowed up theirs. Still Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he would not listen to them, as the Lord had said. The first plague, water turned to blood. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hardened. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning as he is going out to the water. Stand by at the river bank to meet him and take in your hand the staff that was turned into a snake. Say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, sent me to you to say, let my people go, that they may worship me in the wilderness. But until now you have not listened. Thus says the Lord, by this you shall know that I am the Lord. See, with the staff that is in my hand, I will strike the water that is in the Nile, and it shall be turned to blood. The fish in the river shall die, the river itself shall stink and the Egyptians shall be unable to drink water from the Nile. The Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Take your staff and stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt, over its rivers, its canals, its ponds, and all its pools, waters, so that they may become blood, and there shall be blood throughout the whole land of Egypt, even in vessels of wood and in vessels of stone. Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded. In the sight of Pharaoh and of his officials, he lifted up the staff and struck the water in the river, and all the water in the river was turned into blood. And the fish in the river died. The river stank so that the Egyptians could not drink its water, and their blood was throughout the whole land of Egypt. But the magicians of Egypt did the same by their secret arts. So Pharaoh's heart remained hardened, and he would not listen to them as the Lord had said. Pharaoh turned and went into his house, and he did not take even this to heart. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Listen, I have a story to tell. 
A story of a God who longs for justice. A story of a God who pushed back waters to make dry land. The story of a God who would not take no for an answer when it came to the safety of God's people. God's people were suffering. God's people were crying out. God's people were shackled and bound by oppression. God said to Moses, speak, let my people go. And Moses spoke over and over again. Moses stood up for justice, but over and over again, Pharaoh said no. Power said no. The path to justice is never easy, is it? The path to change is never a simple one. So like Rosa who sat on a bus and Martin who had a dream, Moses kept trying. God kept speaking. Moses kept listening. Hope kept breathing. And when power tried to unravel justice, the people kept dreaming. God longed for justice. God still longs for justice. We know that human injustice will never be strong enough to completely unravel God's dream that all may be freed, freed from sin, freed from addiction, freed from oppression, that all would be freed. This scripture tells a story of a ruler who time and time again is given the opportunity to liberate people from their enslavement and instead chooses to maintain his own power and control. Moses appeals to Pharaoh to free the Israelites. He demonstrates God's power and he invites Pharaoh to side with Yahweh, and let the Israelites find their freedom and leave for the promised land. Moses shows Pharaoh that Pharaoh's actions will cause him to have blood on his hands, and that blood will pollute their water sources. Pharaoh does not listen. His heart is hardened. He will only listen to the words of people who confirm what he already believed. For he was a God. And because he was a God, and because he was powerful, because he believed he was a God, he did not let the Israelites go. And the Israelites suffered. The Egyptians who were under the power of Pharaoh they offer, they also suffered through their complicity. They were bystanders as blood swept through their nation, through the rivers. This story took place so long ago, and yet it echoes with truths that are still being lived out today. This pandemic has changed so many things in our lives. It's caused us to put some plans on hold, but it has not stopped oppression. It has not put a pause on discrimination. 
This pandemic has not told racism or sexism or homophobia or ableism that they need to reschedule their plans and wait until next year to spread. In fact, this pandemic has exacerbated these issues. It's created new manifestations of old injustices, such as access to health care, protection of workers, and care of vulnerable populations. In our scripture story, Moses persisted, even when heart was hardened. We know that he tries time and time again until his people are liberated. We know that this excerpt that we heard Trisha read for us is not the full story, but that it unfolded over many years. It had setbacks and losses, grief upon grief, and even when they were free, they had more challenges to face. And yet God's people persisted. They still pursued liberation. So Moses tried to turn Pharaoh's heart from corruption to compassion, to allow people to move from oppression to liberation. Our text this morning highlights the role of Pharaoh. And yet he was not powerful enough to completely unravel God's plan for justice. Though he chose domination and control and power, he didn't have enough power to overthrow God. Throughout this unraveled sermon series, so far we have seen stories of people whose lives were unraveled in one way or another, and how God put them back together again. This is the first time that it is the action of a human that is attempting to unravel God's action. God has a plan for justice. We see this in the Exodus story, that God's plan is to move the chosen people out of bondage in Egypt into the chosen land. And we see that in other stories in the ministry of Jesus. As he came to teach and preach and heal, his message was one of freedom and liberation, freedom from sin, freedom from addiction, and freedom from any system that oppresses, whether economic or political. The Exodus story itself is told and referenced in Scripture so many times so that God's people would not forget God's mighty act of salvation. Leviticus 19 is one example where it pleads with people to remember that they are to welcome this stranger because they should never forget that they were once strangers in the land of Egypt. The story is told time and time again to remind them of who they are. They were a people who were in bondage and they were set free by God. God wants us to have enough freedom so that we are not owned or controlled by anyone else. We also do not need to be owned or controlled by fear or by greed or by power. That is the kind of freedom that Moses demanded of Pharaoh. But Pharaoh said no. The way that scripture puts it, it says that Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Ten times it says that. 
It might even sound like it's God who is hardening Pharaoh's heart. If God has some great plan for justice and liberation, and he wants God's people to be free, then why would God make Pharaoh's heart hard and become an obstacle in the way to freedom? I struggled with that line of scripture for a very long time. It was about 10 years ago when I was attending a continuing education event for clergy. And there was a speaker who was a professor of Hebrew Bible. And he unlocked this scripture for me by explaining Egyptian religion. I wasn't really familiar with Egyptian mythology until then. As a person born in 20th century America, it wasn't something I encountered beyond just a few stories here and there. But the first generations who would have heard this story and who would have told it to their children, they would have known about the Egyptian religions because they had lived in Egypt. And so when they told the story of God's liberation and they said that, that line about Pharaoh's heart being hardened, they would have known exactly what God was doing. So for us who may not have known I'll tell you what I learned from that professor. First, it's important to know that there's another way to translate that sentence. Instead of hardened, we could say to make heavy. So God made Pharaoh's heart heavy. Pharaoh made his own decision about letting the people to go. And when he decided no, God made his heart heavy. Is it possible to have a heart that's lighter than a feather? To the ancient Egyptians, this was not only possible, but it was desirable. The afterlife of the ancient Egyptians was known as the field of reeds. And it was a land very much like one's own life on earth, except there was no sickness, no disappointment, and of course, no death. One lived eternally by the streams, and beneath the trees which one had loved so well in one's life on earth. To reach the eternal paradise of the field of reeds, however, one had to pass through the trial by Osiris, lord of the underworld, and just judge of the dead. This trial took place in a hall of truth, and the trial involved the weighing of one's heart against the feather of truth. In the Egyptian Book of the Dead, it's recorded that after death, the soul would be met by the god Anubis, who would lead the soul to stand before Osiris and the golden scales. The goddess Ma'at would be present, and they would all be surrounded by 42 judges who would consult with the gods on the one's eternal fate. The heart of the soul was handed over to Osiris, who placed it on a great golden scale balanced by against the white feather of Ma'at. If the soul's heart was lighter than the feather, then the gods allowed that soul to pass toward the bliss of the field of reeds. You can see an image here of a heart being weighed against a feather on golden scales. Should the heart prove heavier, however, it was thrown to the floor of the Hall of Truth, where it was devoured by a god with the face of a crocodile. Once this god devoured the person's heart, the individual soul then ceased to exist. 
There was no hell for the ancient Egyptians. Their fate worse than death was non-existence. The Egyptians considered Pharaoh a god to be worshipped. So it was expected that a god's heart would easily pass this test and enter into the afterlife. So when our text tells us that God, Yahweh, makes Pharaoh's heart heavy, that signals to us that Yahweh is the one true God, and Pharaoh is human and not a god. In this way, we see that Egyptian mythology is being used against Pharaoh, because Pharaoh is now cast in the light of being human, and he tries his best to unravel God's plans for justice, but Yahweh's plan for liberation wins out. And because he fought Yahweh's plan for freedom, there is sin on his heart, and it makes his heart heavy. Pharaoh wasn't a god, and he did finally relent and let God's people go. But then when he changed his mind, he tried to chase the people who were fleeing slavery, and God miraculously saved them, and they slowly made their way to freedom. It took the leadership of Moses, assisted by Aaron and Miriam, and the miraculous hand of God at work to lead the people of God out of slavery and captivity in Egypt and into freedom in the promised land. Those in power who oppress people are not ready and willing to tear down a system of oppression that serves them. It takes faithful leaders to answer God's call to work for justice in this world to help free all oppressed peoples. Over the last eight months, we have had to put a lot of our plans on, on hold. But responding to God's call for justice in this world is not something that we can let a pandemic stop. God's plan for justice was not unraveled by Pharaoh, and the humans of today cannot unravel God's plan for justice just because of a pandemic. Now, many of us have said, I look forward to life returning to normal. I know I've said that more than once. There are some parts of what used to be normal life that I do hope we return to. I hope we return to worship together in person one day. But I read this week what writer C.S. Lewis said shortly after his homeland of England was invaded. But I read this week what writer C.S. Lewis said shortly after his homeland of England entered World War II. War is not an interruption of normal life, because life is never normal. The human family lives always near the edge of a precipice. This has been true for us in this pandemic. COVID-19 brought out what was already in place the dysfunction and the oppression that was existing in our nation simply became more revealed to us. COVID-19 is disproportionately affecting black and brown people in our nation. According to data from the CDC website that was published on August 18th, 
black people were infected with COVID-19 at 2.6 times the rate of white people in the United States. American Indian, Alaska Native, Hispanic, or Latino persons were being affected at a rate of 2.8 times that of white people in the United States. There are various reasons why this is the case, and we can trace many of those factors directly to the way racism creates inequality in our nation. When we talk about our desire to return to life as normal, like before the pandemic, I pray that we recognize we can't go back to the normal that we knew because normal was not working for so many people in our nation. I hope that we can move through this pandemic and work towards a new life after COVID that can create something better than what used to be our normal. The plagues in Exodus were never portrayed as something simply to be weathered, and then we would get back to the status quo. Instead, they were an integral part of the story of God's people being freed from oppression. Now, I'm not saying that our current pandemic is a plague, just like the story in Exodus, but it certainly is a time of turmoil, and I hope that we can see it as not simply a storm to be weathered. I hope that the story of how we lived through this pandemic can become part of the story of how we all cooperated with God's grace at work in this world and how we all worked together to be the leaders that God needs us to be, to pick up the threads of justice and weave them together so that the fabric of our world will be stronger and healthier and more just for all people. Are you ready to pick up your thread and to join with all of the others who are called to work for justice in this world? I pray that you are and that you'll join me in what God is doing to create a new and beautiful kingdom of God on this earth. Amen.